Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Holding Down the Fort via video. I keep forgetting to ask my guests ahead of time if they want to do video, but fortunately, Darlene here said yes. (laughs) So anyway, welcome back, everyone. I am really excited to dive into this conversation today because Darlene actually was in the early stages of me starting this podcast show. So let me go ahead and introduce her to the show. We have Darlene Holly, who is a mother of four, a wife, an online business coach, a dream builder, and a connector. She is also the founder of DarleneHolly.com. That's spelled D-A-R-L-E-N-E-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com. And that'll also be provided in the show notes for you. And also is the host of another podcast show, Attract and Stand Out Podcast. So Darlene, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I just feel like we're friends now because it's been some time since we've <laughs> we have. Uh, known each other. And I also know that your father was in the Air Force. So you grew up as a military child. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, my mom married my, it was my stepdad who was in the military and she married him when I was five. And about six months after they got married, we moved from Las Vegas to Lompoc to Vandenberg Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I In my early days, my father and my mom were not in the military before that. So that was like the first time I ever moved and went to a new city and it was, it was good. I actually, I still love to go back to that area because Vandenberg Air Force Base is where they have like the space shuttles go off. And I remember as a kid, some of my favorite memories of living there were going to see the space shuttles take off and like seeing them like go up into the sky and the fire behind it. A lot of people would come into the area just to see the spaceships go off or the spaceships, space shuttles, (laughs) spaceships. Maybe that would be fun too. (laughs) But it was just a cool experience to be able to be around a lot of different people. And it's so transit living on on the Air Force Base, right? Like our neighbors would come and they would go, but I made such amazing friendships. And so one of our family friends, we still talk to them all the time. And it's just been like cool to like keep in touch with people that we really got to connect with and know. But yeah, it was a good experience. I don't have anything to compare it to as an adult because I right. once my stepdad got out of the military, we had moved back to Las Vegas and then I never went that route, nor did I marry somebody who was in the military. But it was always right. so fun to see like the different types of people that we would get to connect with and the relationships that you would build. And you know, some of those would be short-lived because of how transit the military can be sometimes. Right. But I think it's amazing that like I still have contacts from those days that I still yeah. get to talk to like years and years later. So yeah, I love that. That reminds me of how I had a best friend back in third grade. And then I left Japan, we were stationed in Japan at the time, but I left around fifth grade. And then we got reunited again, I think my sophomore year in high school, like in California. And it was so crazy because he was like so much taller and like, he was kind of like a chubby kid when he was like younger. And like, I think he was very self-conscious of it. His brothers probably made fun of him. So when I saw him again, he was like so lean and like so much taller. But again, there was that sense of familiarity of like, wow, like, like I remember you and I remember our friendship and we can, 
you know, sort of pick up where we left off. But it's sad when you, you know, lose those connections. But when you reconnect with them again, there's something beautiful about that, you know, and you kind of have that bond of like, we've been through this together, like, we know what it's like to be in this kind of life. Yeah, like we're really close with one set of friends that were our neighbors actually on the base. And I still keep in touch with them probably at least a couple of times a year. But I always have like those moments where like old memories will come back and I'll think of somebody who was on the base with us and I've Mm -hmm. tried to find them. But being female, like sometimes we change our names and like it's hard to like to keep track with those people. And most of my friends, I haven't been able to relocate them, but I always have like those memories. Oh, I was going through pictures even not too long ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about some of these faces. And it made me just like have all these amazing memories. And you almost wish that you like, I feel like I kept in touch with some of them through pen pal, remember pen pal? Like it was so fun. I feel like when I was younger to like send notes to people after they would move away, but you know, time happens and life goes on. And all of a sudden we just have like those really cool memories and stories to think back on, which I think is pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. You just reminded me of, I sent pen pal letters to some of my old friends, but their lives were so transient that my letters got sent back to me. And so that was like, that's sad now that I think about it. Anyway, that's a long time ago. And now I'm going to be your pen pal. I'm going to send you a pen pal letter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, thanks, Darlene. So let's go ahead and fast forward to life today. I think what you're doing is amazing in regards to a personal branding and online business coach. And I want to share with our listeners how we initially met. So we met through a nonprofit organization, SCORE. And at that time, I remember that I was struggling almost with the imposter syndrome to start holding down the fort because my target audience or the people I wanted to reach were military spouses or active duty military families. And for myself, who has been far removed from you know that community for a long time, I married into it when I met my husband after his service. But there was sort of a part of me that thought like, oh, who am I you know, to do the show, to run the show? And I just always remember in those initial conversations with you, that you don't have to actually be them in order to serve them. Like if you have something to offer them, you should offer it anyway, as kind of almost like a form of responsibility because you know that you have a solution to provide. And feel free to elaborate more on this, but that really stuck with me and really got me to kind of own my place on the show. And here we are, an award-winning show now. (laughs) And I I just want to thank you for that, for being in the early stages of building this podcast. So thank you. (laughs) You are so welcome. And you're not alone. Like I think every single business owner, myself included, like we all go through those times where we're trying to figure out like what we're the expert in, what we want to actually be known for, what do we want to do? And then how do we stay a couple steps ahead of our ideal clients, the people that we're working with so Mm -hmm. that we don't feel like we have like that imposter syndrome. I think that was one of the things that we talked about back then is, you know, who am I? to do this. And a lot of times it goes back to like, what's your story? What are the pieces about your life and your life experiences that you're able to bring to the table? Mm -hmm. And that's what really connects us to our businesses and to the people that we're working with is we just have to be a few steps ahead of them, or we have to be on a journey that's a similar path. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Like we all have different pieces of our lives that matter and are important when it comes to running our own businesses. And we need to focus on that more. Like, you know, what are my skills? What are my experiences? What am I bringing? And how does that impact the people that we're working with? So I think it was like during our conversations, you know, you were really curious, like, is it okay that I'm doing this? It was almost (laughs) 
I think yeah. we had a conversation at one point. It was like, you almost need a permission. It's true. To be able to do this. And I gave it to you, Jen, like you know, we made a magic wand and you were able to do it. And look how like amazing you've done, like bringing your podcast to this award-winning place is like such a cool experience to like see you go through and to, to be a part of with you. Yeah. Thank you for being part of my journey. That's why I was just so excited when you decided to be on the show with me. Cause I have, I have to share the good news that someone like you exist. I want to talk a little bit more. I want to get into your business now, Darlene. So I have, I'm okay. um, in my notes here that you help ambitious. I love this statement. You help ambitious heart-centered online entrepreneurs who want to create a profitable personal brand in business. They're afraid to share their unique life story, but know they need to stand out if they want to build an authentic and successful online business. So I gave a little snippet on who you help. Feel free to chime in on that and add more as to more importantly, like why have you chosen to focus on these type of, you know, ambitious heart-centered online entrepreneurs? Yeah. So when I started my business, which was back in 2007, so it's been almost 14 years now since I started it. And the first two years that I was in business, I felt like I really struggled. I was trying to do what I saw other people doing. I was trying to dress like how I saw other business coaches. Like I always joke that I would wear business suits and I felt like a little girl wearing her mom's business suit, <laughs> going to like networking events and going and introducing myself, you know, hi, I'm Darlene and I'm a business coach. And I would get people that would say, well, what sport is that? <laughs> and I'm like, but business coaching was so new back in 2007. Wow. But during that, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Now it's such a normal term, right? Like yeah. when I say I'm a business coach, people totally get it. Right. But I had to like educate and like teach people like what a business coach was because they were only familiar with like Tiger Woods having a, a golf coach and right. Michael Jordan having a basketball court coach. And they weren't familiar as much with businesses having somebody that can come in and, you know, cheer them on and encourage them and motivate them and help them do the things that they need to do to move themselves forward for their yeah. business. But when I started, I was going out to these networking events and I was talking to everybody. I was like, oh, I'm a business coach. I can work with every single type of business owner in the whole entire world and I can help everybody, which yeah, I could. Like I had the training and the tools and I had learned the information that, you know, works in pretty much every type of business. Mm -hmm. But what I found for myself was I was talking to everybody. So I was talking to nobody. Wow. Nobody really knew I was speaking directly to that type of business owner. Yeah. They were like, oh, you're a business coach. Okay, cool. Like, you know, high five. Like, you know, <laughs> they weren't correlating it. Right. And it was at about that like two year mark for me and my business where I had like the, the coming to Jesus moment where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because my clients were so inconsistent and my oh, types wow. of clients were super inconsistent on top of that. So when I would get clients, it would be like an attorney, then it would be a landscaper, then it was like a retail, like a quickie mart type mm -hmm. store. Like my clients were very diverse and like the types of industries that they were in. Mm -hmm. And it was far and in between that I was getting them. It wasn't like I was, I had found my groove. And so at that two year point, I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? Right. And I really broke down and I journaled a ton and like got like all the thoughts out of my head. And I really identified for myself at that time that, oh, like I'm work trying to work with everybody. Like I tell other people to niche down, but I wasn't yeah. doing it for myself. Mm. And during that, like I had a, like a really big journaling moment. I remember like where I journaled for like probably two hours, but then I would say probably over the next like week or so, I really identified that, yeah, I still wanted to be a business coach. Like I love the work that I did and I needed to do it in a different way. And it was during that time that I kind of created the system that I use today, 
mm-hmm. 11, 12 years later, almost with my wow. clients for identifying, you know, what was my niche? Who did I love to work with? Who were the people that I enjoyed, you know, and got excited to get out of bed every morning to work with? And I identified that I wanted to work with service-based entrepreneurs. So typically I work with like coaches, consultants, anybody in the service-based industry. So attorneys, CPAs, graphic designers, website builders, all of those types of people that are working like one-to-one in a service type atmosphere mm-hmm. was where my passion was. Like that was like the type of clientele that I love to work with that lit me up. And that when I changed my messaging and I started like talking specifically to those people, mm-hmm. that's when like my business changed and things started to come together. Wow. And my messaging was able to be crafted to talk specifically to somebody <laughs> where before it was so broad, like people were like, oh, okay, that's cool. But they didn't know I was talking to them. Right. Where now, like when I, you know, write blog posts or if I, if you go to my website, like it specifically is clear that I work with coaches, consultants, and service-based online entrepreneurs, people that want online businesses now. Like in the beginning, I was primarily working with brick and mortar stores or people that had office spaces. And over time, I've transitioned to the online space and I've been working only with online clients now for about seven years, Yeah, specifically online businesses who want to not necessarily have a laptop lifestyle because I'm not really... Like, it's nice to be able to travel and go do that, but that's not really what, you know, I'm focusing on, but just being able to work from home. Like a lot of my story in the beginning was I started my own business because I wanted to be at home with my kids. I wanted to be able to have the flexibility in my schedule where if I wanted, if I need to go to soccer or baseball, or if my kids needed me to volunteer in school, that I was able to do that. And in my original career, that wasn't the possibility. I was in retail management and I was working 60 plus hours a week. So I was just looking for, you know, some of that freedom and flexibility in my schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I know that some people really enjoy being the online entrepreneur to have that transient life. But for a lot of people, it's more so for practical reasons of just being more flexible for your loved ones, like rather than, you know, build your life around your work, you're building your work around your life. Because that's really what matters at the end of the day. I mean, you being a mother of four, you know, it's like, yeah, like you got to be flexible. (laughs) (laughs) And And I know we were talking a little bit offline, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. And so it must be really beneficial for you to have already set yourself up for success to be flexible and to adapt to 2020. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was able to help so many people during the beginning of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. like friends that were, you know, used to working from the office. Like, how do I like figure out how to work from home or how do I transition to where I'm, you know, home with my family as well as, you know, trying to work and like working in those nooks and crannies. And I was able to talk to so many people and I'm like, thank God, like I transitioned, you know, six, seven years ago, because otherwise I would have been that same position that they were in. And so many people were struggling with, you know, moving their business to the online platform. And luckily I was ahead of the game a little bit. So I felt like I had like the advantage, (laughs) which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, somebody asked me recently, like, how do you balance all of it? And I'm like, I don't think you balance it. Like, I feel like as an online entrepreneur and a mom, like it's more of harmony. It's like Mm -hmm. the ebbs and flows that come with the day. Like there's some days where I'm more focused in my business and I can, you know, close my office door and my kids don't need as much support with their schooling and what's going on at home. And then there's other days where it's the complete opposite. Like where my, I might come downstairs with like, you know, six things on my to-do list for my business, Mm -hmm. but my six-year-old needs support in his classroom where he's not understanding how to do something, or my daughter can't figure out how to get into her Zoom class, or like there's so many different things. So I think one of the biggest things I've learned 
um, through this process is really just having, you know, the ebb and flow, like being okay with it not always working out the way it's supposed to and knowing that those six things that I had on my list to do today, maybe didn't get done this morning, but I can do them later this afternoon, or I can move a couple of them tomorrow without like that guilt that yeah. <laughs> so many of us hold on to. Like, I didn't get anything done. Oh my gosh. Like, what am I doing with my business? Mm-hmm. But just knowing, and especially like so many of your audience, like their military families, like we have, a, you have a lot going on, like right. just with the military. Like I know, you know, spouses are gone at different points and different things. And it's like a different juggling act every day. Yeah. And we beat ourselves up. I used to do a lot of mom guilt, especially back when I worked retail management, like the mom guilt was big. I was like, I'm like, I'm always at work. And even if I'm at home, I'm worried about work. Like I just want to be more present. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to like, just give yourself that grace and know like there's always tomorrow or there's later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like my schedule has changed a ton since yeah. the pandemic. Like I used to work mostly just when the kids were in school and occasionally I'd have a few things in the evenings mm-hmm. or now like eight to 12 is pretty much like school time. I don't schedule any podcast interviews. I don't schedule time with clients. I work during that time, but it's like stuff that I can work on that if I get distracted or get pulled away from it, it's yeah. not going to cause as much of a problem. So yeah, had, like scheduling has been, I've had to get into like a whole new rhythm <laughs> since the <laughs> pandemic and it looks yeah. like it's staying this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just sort of assume that this is going to be the normal and kids are going to be at home and you're going to have to kind of, you know, build your work around them and yeah. around the family really. But just like what you said, grace is the key word, or I think the theme of, you know, 2020 is like just being okay that things are going to fall off the table. You know, you're not going to be able to accomplish everything in one day. And I think that if people can give themselves an opportunity to look back and actually see how far they've gone, despite, you know, where they feel like they have their shortcomings, they'll come to find that, wow, like, despite all the chaos, I happen to do something right, (laughs) you know? And so I appreciate you sharing that and really kind of sharing a little snapshot of your life today, Darlene. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So I have in our notes here that right now you're volunteering at your local chamber as a coach for military affairs committee. And what you do there is help veterans get the support they need to start up their business. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like in regards to how you help these veterans? Yeah. So it was about a year ago, the local chamber and a couple other um, local vet associations had come together and they were looking for a support tool and a support system that we could implement so that as military spouses or those in the military are transitioning away from their active service, a lot of them were looking to start their own businesses. They were not wanting necessarily to transition into like another job or having to work for another company, kind of like what we were just talking about, right? Like we want that, they want that freedom and that flexibility because you're tied down so much when you're in the military, expect with what you're expected to have done. And so they had asked, they were looking for people to come on board to help support it. And I was one of the first people that stepped up and I was like, absolutely. Like I grew up in the military, you know, as as a military child. And I was like, I'd love to support and see how I can help best support. And we've been able to, it's still kind of in like the newer process, but we've had vets that have been coming through that are looking for support to start their business. And we've been able Mm -hmm. to do some one-on-one mentoring with them, help them, you know, assess like, what do they want to do? What were their skills and life experiences from the military where they wanted to transition some of that into starting their own business? Or were they looking to totally switch gears completely? And like they had life passions and hobbies and things that they had done on the side over the time. And we've just helped them kind of structureize and see what it is they wanted to do and get really clear on what that is. And then help them, you know, from 
steps as simple as, you know, what's my business name going to be? Do I need a website? Do I need business cards? Like, how do I go down and get a business license in my local city? So just walking them through some of those basic steps to get their business going. And then typically where I would come in the most has been helping them create a strong business plan for their business. Mm -hmm. So they would know exactly what they needed to do when it comes to building a personal brand Mm -hmm. and, you know, being seen for who they are and why, why they need to attract their ideal clients to them versus going to one of the competitors and then looking at their marketing strategy with how they're being visible, if I can say that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) on how they're being visible, how they're wanting to put themselves out there. You know, are they looking to be interviewed on podcasts? Are they going to do local chamber events and go in and, you know, get a vendor booth and represent themselves that way by joining the chamber? Or if they're writing blog posts for their website, whatever other, like the million other ways that they network and, you know, can market their business. Mm -hmm. And then also helping them with the sales process, like getting clear, like, what, how do I get somebody, you know, who maybe has signed up for my newsletter list, or maybe I've met them at a chamber event, how do I actually turn them into a paying customer mm-hmm. and walking them through that process so they can see, you know, these are how you have, I call them like clarity calls. Like if you're getting somebody on the phone to see if you would be a good fit where you're interviewing them to see if they're a good client or vice versa mm-hmm. and making sure that you have the right product for them or the right service and making sure that you're the right person to work with them with. And so I kind of walk them through that process to get really clear so they can go out there and actually attract their clients to them. And then once they've found them, like they actually can close them into sales because you know how hard it is sometimes as business owners, like we all have these big visions and big passion for what we want to do, but getting somebody from hobby mode (laughs) to like actual business owner where they're able to provide for their family and, you know, give back to the community and do the things that they're wanting to do. Like sometimes it's an adjustment, especially I think coming from the military background or any background, because I know I struggled with this coming from retail background. Like I was a really good employee. Like I knew Mm -hmm. what to do, how to do it. I was the top in my business. And then all of a sudden I was now the entrepreneur and I had to do the marketing. Like I was so used to customers just coming in and servicing or serving them. Like you don't really know, like how do you market to them and actually get them to pay you Mm -hmm. as when you're starting your own business. So I think that's one of the things that I've seen a lot of people struggle with. Like, I'm really good at my field. I'm really good at what I do, but how do I ask people for money? How do I position myself so that they want to come use me versus, you know, the the competition that's out there? Yeah. And, you know, I think the key thing with that for people to even be interested in working with you has a lot to do with their personal branding and their unique story, you know, to have a client sort of see themselves in you and be like, this person can specifically help me. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I think the term personal brand gets thrown around like left to right. And people say it all the time. You got to have a personal brand. You got to have a personal brand. But for people that are hearing the term personal brand for the first time, Darlene, how would you explain that to them? Yeah. I'm glad you asked that. So your business is like what you offer. So it's the Mm -hmm. product that you create or the service that you provide, but your personal brand is really the experience that you are bringing to the table. They're going to buy you, not necessarily what you're offering. Like people buy mostly from people they know, like, and trust, right? Like we want to build relationships. I'm really big on like, I call it like human to human marketing now. Mm -hmm. Like it's like just being a normal human being, being super nice and careful and being kind and, you know, building trust just like you would with a friend. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing that you have to do as a personal brand, as you're building your business out, like you're building relationships. It's your relationship marketing. People want to get to know who you are. And that's why it's so important that you 
authentically show up as yourself and you be you and you share stories that are going to connect people to you. They won't necessarily have walked the same story as you have Mm -hmm. and have the same experiences. But when you're telling your story, they should be like leaning in a little bit like, oh yeah, like that happened to me. Like it was a different situation, but I can totally understand where you're coming from or what you were feeling during that time. Mm -hmm. And that's what really draws people in and connects them to you. And then if they're looking, you know, if they're, if you're selling, I don't know, laptops and they're, they can choose from this laptop or this laptop, if they know you, Mm -hmm. people are going to buy from friends. They're going to buy from someone that they know, someone they already like, and then they trust them Mm -hmm. and they don't have to, it's not really apples to apples anymore. It's like, I have, you know, I've built a relationship with this person. I've been following them on social media, or maybe I've been reading their newsletter when it comes in each week, or I've met them at the networking events at the local chamber and I've gotten to know who they are. And I want to give my money to this person because I love, you know, their values, their mission, their why, their purpose, Mm -hmm. and the stories they share versus somebody else who maybe they don't know at all. And they just saw, you know, an ad ran for them. And they were like, oh, I could buy from them. But you know what? I actually met somebody that I really enjoyed talking with and connecting with the chamber. Let me reach out to them before I make this purchase. Yeah, I love that. It's like exactly what you said. It's kind of the unique experience that you bring in regards to that product. It's kind of like the difference between Microsoft and Apple. Like why are people, you know, let's say, for example, more drawn to Apple because it's more user friendly and because like even the consumers will, you know, preach the goodness of Apple, you know, for example. And and so Microsoft, you don't really think about there's even right now, I can't think of a story or I can't think of any friends who are so, who are big advocates of getting Microsoft like anything, which, you know, they have the corporate environment anyway, they have the corporate America to work in their favor. But even so, when you compare things that are almost exactly alike, like computers Mm -hmm. and, you know, mobile devices, you know, I personally feel more drawn to something like Apple because of that user experience, because, you know, the moment you walk in, there's customer service, they're ready to, you know, tailor to you and everything. Yeah. So that's sort of what comes to mind for me when you, the way that you have described personal branding. Yeah. And it's kind of like being a raving fan, right? Like if you are into sports and you love like a certain sports team, like you're committed, like you have the, you have the Jersey, you're watching the games on, you know, Sunday ticket, if it's NFL or you're wearing the hat and you're cheering for your team at the, the local pub. If, if we could go to local pubs these days, <laughs> <laughs> like you're a raving fan, like you're a cheerleader for that organization and for that team. And that's how you want your personal brand to be. Like not everybody's going to be quite as powerful as maybe a sports fan would be. But if someone was to say, you know, Hey, I'm looking for someone that could help me with this. And that's what you do. And you know, somebody, if they know that you do that, they're going to mention your name. Like, Oh my gosh, you need to call my friend. Let me give you their information. They, you know, do X, Y, and Z, whatever their, your business is. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. It's really easy to get bad press, right? Like as soon yeah. as we have, <laughs> you know, one bad experience, like we tell 10 friends, right. but we, we need to be able to listen for conversations so that when people are asking for things, raving fans come out in those moments when people are saying like, Hey, I need a business coach, or I'm looking for help with my finances and to build wealth. Like they know who they're going to come to because they're going to like, Oh, you need to call my friend. Right. This is who you need to go to. So it's important that, you know, people get to know who you are and what your personal brand is. I used the the description the other day. It's kind of like being a fly on the wall, right? Like, wouldn't it be fun to be a fly on the wall and hear like after you gave a big speech, like as a keynote, or if you were at a cocktail party and you walked into the room 
and you had a whole conversation with somebody and then after you left, what would it be like? What would they say about you? What, what's that feeling that you left them with? That's what your personal brand is. That's what people, you want to be known for. So you want to be able to have like, you don't have to be like crazy memorable. Like you can be introverted, you can be extroverted, but you want people to know who you are, the feeling that you want them to feel after you're, you've been with them. That's what yeah. you want them to hold on to. So that when somebody says, Hey, I know somebody. Yeah. Or I'm looking for this. They can say, Hey, I know somebody like call this person. Yeah. You know, that just reminds me of one of my friends. She focuses on people who are empaths, empath yeah. people. Empath, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she focuses on, she, she primarily focuses on empaths to help them with their gut health. And first of all, I think that's amazing. But secondly, I remember recently meeting her in person for the first time. And as I was saying goodbye to her, she just kind of gave me this, like this deep gaze in my eyes, like this sincere look of how appreciative she was to have met me and everything. And that look on her face, like still sticks in my head because of how genuine it really felt. And it's that, you know, it's that feeling, it's that experience that you're just like, wow, like I really felt like she saw me so that if I'm ready to, you know, to have a coach that is going to help me with my gut health, I think she's going to really take it seriously. And I think that she's going to be able to help me, but even something like that, you don't have to be boisterous about your personal brand. You don't have to Mm -hmm. be obnoxious or loud. You can just be very sincere, even in just your eye contact yeah. you know, with people. And I mean that even right now, I, I feel like, oh my gosh, like if she told me to buy her services right now, I probably would say yes. Because <laughs> I can't say no, because her eyes were just like, just yeah. so, like, the gaze that she gave me at the end, you know, of saying that sincere gaze uh, before we said goodbye. It's like, I was like, should I look away now? <laughs> like, But anyway, that's just- that, that is like such a great example though. Like she's super clear on what her niche is. Yeah, like, yeah. She's, she works with empathetic people who want to heal their gut. She made that connection. You could feel yeah. like you instantly trusted her. Yeah. And you said like, she, and she was probably an introvert. She was probably quieter. And yeah. that's the thing that I think is the most important is so many people that I talk to see what their competition's doing. Like we all watch like what's going on around us. Right. Like yeah. I know for myself, like I keep a little bit of an eye on what other business coaches are doing in the industry and like how they're showing up, how they're marketing, what's working for them, what's not working for them. Like I watch those things, but I don't pay only attention to that because right. I need to show up as myself. I need to be me mm-hmm. if I'm going to be successful. And like I shared earlier, when we were talking, like when I started my business, I wasn't being me. I was wearing business suits and I was carrying a briefcase and I felt like that little girl. I didn't feel like Darlene. I wasn't stepping into who I was and who I am. And when I switched that and when I started just showing up as me and dressing what felt like the most comfortable way for me and, you know, having the right kind of conversations, that's when my business changed. And it wasn't that I like had this like major epiphany. It was just, I started being me and not trying to be somebody else. And that's what draws people to you right. is when you're just being natural, you're relaxed, you're showing up as you, you're not trying so hard. Mm-hmm. Like we've all been there, right? It's almost like the used car salesman feel like when you walk onto the lot and like, you can tell you're being sold to mm-hmm. like, nobody wants that. Like we love to spend money. People love to spend money, but mm-hmm. we don't love to be sold to like I buy all the time, but right. if you're like super salesy or pushy, or if you're getting like that weird vibe from somebody. I'm like, nope, cool. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like I'm not interested. Thanks. But when I can walk into, you know, a car dealership or wherever, and like, they're just 
excited to see me and want to help and like have that service mentality, mm-hmm. that's when it's like more genuine. And that's when people really pay attention. And that's when your business grows. That's when you can start to attract the right people to you. And what I love too, is it also repels people, right? Cause not everybody is for everybody. Like we all have people that like we instantly connect with and we all have had people that are like, Oh, you're cool. Okay. But you know, I'm not going to probably hang out with you. I'm not going to call you for coffee. Like right. you can tell, like if you jive with right. people, if you ha- are in that flow with them and it's okay. Like I think the best marketing things that you can do is like, you want to make your messaging and your, your copy and like your voice, like as you're talking, attract the right people to you. And then you're repelling the other people right. away from you because you're like a magnet. If you're not the right fit, like why bother trying so hard to sell to somebody if you know it's going to be a hard relationship or it's going to be one of those, like, I don't know, like a relationship or a client that you're like, yeah, it's like, if you have to, (laughs) yeah, it's like, if you have to uh, sort of drag them into being a client, you have to like drag them through the process of like, do, you know, like servicing them as well, you know? And it's like, no one wants that. (laughs) Like no no one wants that. We want it to, we want it to feel easy and natural. Like, you know, yeah, just like a natural, easygoing, comfortable relationship for both sides. Yeah. It's just like dating. Like you don't want to date somebody who doesn't want to date you. (laughs) Like that's the worst. (laughs) Like you're like, okay, we're not a fit. That's fine. (laughs) Like you're going to be better with somebody else and I'm going to be better with somebody else. And that's totally okay. But I think so often, like, especially when we're newer in business, we're hungry for those clients, right? Like we're trying to attract everybody like I did. And it was during that process where I was like, oh, it's actually okay to say no to certain clients. Or if, if I'm not feeling like the connections there, like I have clarity calls now with all of my clients because I work one-to-one with them Mm -hmm. and I won't just let a client hire me without me having a conversation with them first. Like I have it built into my system to where we have a conversation just like we're doing on Zoom right now. I get to see them. I get a feel for them and I'm interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing me. And we both have the ability and the choice to go, you know what, actually, I think we're a great fit. Like let's move forward. Or we also have the ability to go, you know what? I actually don't think I'm going to be the right coach for you. Let me refer you to somebody who would be a better fit for you. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the power to work with the right people and you yeah. don't have to work with everybody. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. I think this message is really you know, beneficial for veterans who have already transitioned out and they want to do something new for themselves. They want to have a sense of freedom and control that they didn't have when they're in the military in all respects. Yeah. And I also think that you know, your message is very beneficial to the military spouses who have to live the, a transient life. And you know, I think there's one thing that you know, no location could ever take from you no matter how often you move or how often your life changes. And that's your personal brand. And so Darlene, I feel like I've taken a lot of your time today. I just want to thank you so much for being on here and sharing this knowledge of personal branding and marketing yourself and above all else, like owning your unique life story and being able to share it. Let me just make sure that I covered all of my bases. Is there anything else before we wrap up that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah. I think the only thing that I can think of is if you're transitioning to starting your own business, take the time to really figure out what it is that you love to do and who you actually want to work with and do that hard work first. Don't do it like I did where I did it like two (laughs) years later. If I could go back and tell my early entrepreneurial self, it would be like to do the stuff that feels like super easy in business, like getting clear on who our ideal clients are. Like we kind of glaze over that process, but take the time to just dig deep and really figure out who you want to work with, what you actually want to do, where your passion is and what, where that lies so that you can build a career that feels great for you as well as for your family. 
and it doesn't have to feel like work. Like when you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. Like, yeah, it is work. But when I'm working, I don't feel like I'm working because I have the ability now to do what I love. So find the passion, find what it is that you love to do, and then build it from there. Beautiful. It's like, of course we have to work, but you don't want your work to feel like a chore. Like you want, I think that's what you're really trying to say is like, (laughs) you're going to have to put in the work, but at least, you know, enjoy, at least feel like it's something that you don't feel like you have to do because you have to do it, do it because you want to do it. And you're willing to put in the work for it. Um, Darlene, thank you so much for your time. One more thing. Why don't you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you if they want to reach out and hire you for your services? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The best place to connect with me is at my website, which is darleneholly.com. And I know Jen will have the spelling of that in the show notes. And while you're there on the homepage, I have a free gift for you, which is, it's basically a workbook of how to create a successful personal brand and business. And it gives you six steps to outline exactly what you need to do to show up. And they all have actionable steps built into it. So you'll take something right away from that workbook and you can implement it into your business. And if you have questions, um, reach out. I offer free clarity calls and I'd love to chat with you and see you know, where it is you're going with your business and see if I would be like the right person to help support you through that process. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Darlene. It's been an absolute pleasure reconnecting with you and having you on my show. (laughs) So thanks again. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And to our listeners, we hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Until then, tune in next time.